Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast to help you be able to take steps each and every day to be able to increase the success that you have in your life. We believe that success is a journey. It's not the destination. In this episode, we're going to talk about freedom. And so we have Kamanzi Constable joining us today to be able to talk about how to plan a life of freedom. Personally, 2016 is the year of freedom. Hopefully, you'll be making strides to freedom as well. Our guest today, Kamanzi Constable, experienced his year of freedom a couple years ago. He has gone from delivering bread, starting at midnight every day, to a best-selling author and international speaker. Today, Kamanzi shares how to plan a life of freedom for yourself. Kamanzi Constable has also recently co-authored a book with Jared Easley called Stop Chasing Influencers. And so there's going to be an opportunity for you to be able to check out that book. And they also have a Kickstarter campaign that's going for just a short time still, just a couple more days. So if you want to get in on some of the bonuses with that, you can check that out as well. There'll be links in the show notes if you go to joshuarivers.net. Now, here is my conversation with Kamanzi Constable. And so we actually got to meet one time in person um, at the last podcast movement. And so it was great to be able to do that. I got your John Hancock um, on um, on your newest book that's coming out. And so we'll probably even uh, go ahead and talk about that at the end. Um, but there's a lot of things that lead up to that book um, starting several years ago. So why don't you go ahead and uh, go back to when you were sitting in a bread truck in Milwaukee. Yes. So I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version and maybe like even a different spin on it. I I was a bread delivery guy for 12 years, but it was technically my business. It was like a franchise situation. And even, even though it was my business, the company, the main company, they still dictated everything. So it was a business that felt like a job, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I did that for, for 12 years. Um, the business paid well. I'm, my first year doing it, I, ha- I made $60,000 into a 19-year-old kid. Like, that was a lot of money back then. <laughs> I, was, I was living the good life. I was buying all the Xboxes and Playstations and whatever else toys you buy before you have kids. I was buying all that stuff, and, and <laughs> you know, I lived a pretty good life. Then got married. We had children, um, young children. They started growing older and had all kinds of stuff at school and recitals and dances and all that good stuff. And it was getting hard to do all of that and still do this job slash business where I had to wake up at midnight every night. And I would I would say on average for those 12 years, I probably slept three, four hours a night. And I was always cranky. I was always tired. I was kind of a jerk um, during most of that time. And even though the job had paid well, I didn't manage the finances well at all. So come 2011, after 12 years of doing this, I was $180,000 in debt from mismanaging the money. I was 170 pounds um, heavier than I am now because I had eaten a lot of fast food and, and soda and junk food during all odd hours while I was doing this job. And um, the business was falling apart. Customers, I was losing customers left and right, and it was 
causing a lot of problems in our marriage, especially with the whole stress of the money piece. And one day in, in 2011, um, it was about the middle of the year. I just, it all came crashing out on my head at the same time. I mean, I can, I can remember that day. Like it was, it was yesterday. I was at a friend's house. I was just thinking about everything that was happening. I was getting calls on my phone nonstop from bill collectors that, that wanted their money. It was, it was just all bad. And I remember thinking that I'm not going to win the lottery. Nobody's going to come and bail me out. If anything's going to change, I have to confront these problems head on. And I've always been the kind of person that I would rather put problems off for another day and not think about it and just kind of hope it goes away. But that strategy wasn't working anymore. And so I, I realized that I have to do something. I have to be proactive. I have to do something about all this stuff. And while I was taking action on kind of getting the business back in line, um, working on my relationship, trying to pay down some of this debt, um, starting to exercise and eat right, um, while I was going through all this, starting to make these changes, I started journaling everything that was happening. And that journal ended up becoming, well, it became my first book that I self-published in August of 2011. And it was called Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman, just talking about what the working person went through. And I I thought self-publishing would be my answer. It would be my escape. I had read stories of people that I had done incredibly well. I got those emails from Amazon um, that they like to send out to their self-published authors that are like success stories from so-and-so who is just like you. And I thought, I, I want to be one of those success stories. But I was, I was pretty naive as as far as like the marketing and, and selling a book and all that kind of stuff. So the book, the book did not sell any copies. Some friends bought the initial copies. And outside of the friends, I didn't make a single sale to anybody I didn't know. So come 2012, after having gone through what I went through for those 12 years and and beginning part of 2011, I was determined in 2012 to learn how do I do all this stuff? Like, how do I do marketing and how do I get a book out there and, and how do I build an audience? And I spent the first part of that year just learning, researching, studying, learning, taking advantage of all the free material that's that's out there. And, and that's exactly what I did. So come March of 2012, I self-published a second book. And um, throughout that year, um, implementing strategies such as guest posting and getting on podcasts and just all out hustle. Uh, both of my books had sold 40,000 copies by the end of, of 2012. I had publishers that were asking me about possibly publishing with them. Um, I got some opportunities to come speak at some conferences that wanted to know how was I selling so many books. And then uh, um, people wanted to hire me as a coach. So by the end of 2012, I had a business that was consistently bringing in five grand a month. And I felt confident at that point that I could go ahead and quit my job. We'd use the money that had come in from those book sales to, to knock down debt um, big chunks at a time. We got on the the Dave Ramsey debt snowball journey until <laughs> the money makeover. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were working that system and, and really working on debt, spending money wisely, just having a plan for our money. And so 2013, first year, uh, self-employed in a quote-unquote lifestyle entrepreneurship business. And first month was great. It was like, a, I remember it was like a $6,000 month. 
Second month wasn't so great. It was like a third thousand. It was like a three thousand dollar month, and then the third month I made zero, like nothing, and I was panicking. I'm like, I'm gonna have to go find another job, and and I had all all these uh, self limiting beliefs, and I, I had to work through that. I had to work the system. I had to focus on the plan, um, and I did. And 2013 turned out to be a great year. 2014, we moved our family in April from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I was born and raised and we had always lived, moved them here to where we are now on Maui, Hawaii. We've been here 18 months now. And now at this point, after after all that and after all that story, um, my business now is, you know, I'm, I'm the author of four books, three of which are traditionally published. Um, I get to go speak at conferences and companies all over the world, and I get to, to help some pretty amazing people do uh, accomplish some of the dreams that they want to accomplish. So life is good now, but it, it took a lot of work to get here. Yeah, that's definitely a fantastic story, and so I love hearing it, even though I've, I know I've heard it. Uh, several times um, on different podcasts you've been on, especially Star of the Dallas, which you are um, one, uh, the official co-host with <laughs> Jared Easley, and so that's that's a pretty good uh, accomplishment in, in my book as well. So, um, and so I definitely appreciate the uh, work that you put in and all the uh, different things. And there's so many things we can be able to pull out of that story, um, but. But we're going to try to focus on being able to create a plan. So why don't we try to make it as actionable as possible? Uh, so, so what would you say would be uh, the first thing that someone could do to be able to um, to put into this plan to transition into a life of freedom? Yeah, I, I think that first and foremost, you have to know what you want to do. Um, because before I ever self-published a book or wanted to go on this journey, um, I tried a few other things. Like I was, um, I told, I told everybody I was going to be a event planner. That was one of the things that I said I was going to do. And I actually had the chance to put this to the test because my sister was getting married and she asked me to plan her wedding. And that experience taught me not just because it was a failure, which it was, but it, it showed me that that wasn't my thing. Then I tried multi-level marketing. I tried collections. I tried probably like four or five things before I got honest with myself that what I really wanted to do was write more than anything else. I wanted to be a writer. So if you're going to create a plan transition to a life of freedom, you have to get honest about what it is that you want to do. And despite there being a negative rap about this, you you have to have a passion for it. Um, I've heard a lot of negative things said about passion, a lot of positive things both both ways. But if you don't, if you're not passionate about it, um, passion is not enough in it of itself to help you create that freedom in your life. It's not enough, but it's a good starting place because if you don't have passion for it, you'll eventually fizzle out. I, I work with a lot of people that come to me and they want to build like a lifestyle slash online business. And one of the best ways to do that is to write, to write, to guest blog on other blogs, to um, write for larger publications. And, and that's, it's a great strategy to get traffic and build your business. And There'll be people that will come to me that says, yes, I want to do this. And I'll ask them, I'll ask them about writing. They'll say, yeah, I, I can tolerate writing. Tolerate it. 
Um, and what happens is after a few months of tolerating it, they burn out and they say, I just, I can't do this anymore. I'm spending hours upon end just coming up with one article. It feels like pulling teeth. They don't have a passion for writing and they can do it, but you'll eventually burn out. So you have, you have to have a passion for it because the passion is going to, it's going to, it's what's going to help you when you do feel like you do feel like burning out. And so, um, get honest about what it is that you want to do have have a passion for that thing and maybe it might take it's not clear cut some people it takes a lot of tries um some people it takes a lot of thought a lot of prayer a lot of meditation whatever it is that you do it's not just a, a simple thing to say okay this is what i want to do with the rest of my life but just ask yourself what does that life of freedom look like for you what does it involve does it involve travel does it involve you know, I don't know, being there with your with your kids, homeschooling them, does it involve what what does that life involve? And only you can answer that because each of us are different. So ask yourself what's involved. And then after you figure out what it is that you want to do, it's it's really time to start putting that plan in place. And I think the plan is where a lot of dreamers go wrong. They just kind of wing it or follow popular advice that they see out there or that sounds good. I'm going to try that thing. Um, I've done all of that and it doesn't work. You you have to sit down. You have to figure out what is it going to take to get from point A to point Z. And we have this cool tool today called Google. <laughs> and Google has a lot of information. Um, YouTube has a lot of information. We don't, it takes the guesswork out of this. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You want to get a job in the government somewhere. You want to become, uh, you want to open a restaurant. You want to write a book, whatever it is. The information is readily available that teaches you step by step how you do that. So you would have to sit down and you would have to figure out, okay, how am I going to get to my dream life? If like lifestyle entrepreneurship or online business or any of this kind of stuff is what interests you, that plan should be creating like a solid foundation, like a good website presence, good social media presence. You don't have to light the world on fire with that, but just simple, good, let people know who you are, what you do. And it involves building an audience. Um, so whether it's starting a podcast or writing a blog, um, you start there to, to give people value. And then you go and you can get some exposure through like large publications or guest posting or other podcasts, some way to let people know that, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Come check me out. And a few of those people will come check you out. And then you'd have to have something to sell because this is a business and you want it to fund your lifestyle. And lifestyle business um, was a term that I used to hate. <laughs> I used to hate it with the passion because I could just picture like scammy Facebook ads when I heard that term or somebody on a beach somewhere saying, yes, you can do this with my whatever system. So I used to, used to hate that. But really what it means is you create a business around the kind of life that you want to live, um, a business that gives you that freedom, that gives you that flexibility. And so if you're going to do that, you have to have something to sell. So if you're an author, you're going to write a book. Um, you can create a course or a class or, or whatever it is. There's a lot of options today. And, and the cool thing is there's billions of people on the Internet and social media. So if you're looking to, to find an audience, to build an audience, to sell to an audience, the people are there. 
you, it's not like it was back in the day. They're there and they're, and they're all in the same place. So that's cool. So whatever it is that you want to do, lifestyle, business or not, um, you have to, to research and you have to start putting that plan down on paper, on your iPad, on your Mac or PC, whatever it is. But start writing down how is it, how are you going to get there? How are you going to transition? And your plan should be specific. You know, what kind of money do you need to make? Um, how much do you need to make a month? How much do you need to cover your bills? Um, what kind of emergency fund are you going to need in case things do not go as planned? Because guess what? They often do not. So it'd be nice to have like a little cushion to fall back on so that you're not turning your dream into a nightmare. Um, how is your family going to be involved? If you have a family, um, you can try to chase a dream, create a dream on your own. But if your family feels alienated, they're not going to get it. They're not going to appreciate it. Um, and you won't get the support that you need if they're, if you don't involve them. So how's your family involved? Um, if it's just you and a, a spouse, um, how, how is your spouse involved? How, how do you get your spouse on board? So the, the dream really has to be a, a family affair. It has to be a couple's affair. You, you have to do it together and that should be definitely be a part of your plan. And then what practical steps that you have to take and when, um, this shouldn't be open-ended where you're going to work on this for the next 10 years. You know, if this is your three-year plan, make it your three-year plan. If it's your one-year plan, um, make it accordingly. And this isn't to say that things won't change along the way and that you can't adjust because life doesn't work out as planned. But at least if you have something there, like a clear roadmap, um, you can adjust and you can handle the pivots a lot better. Wow, that was uh that was fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Um and so there, there there are several thoughts I had. Um going back to talking about passion. Um maybe I should have just interrupted you at the time, but um I I get so engrossed in <laughs> listening that uh, I just like keep listening. But anyway, um going back to the passion idea, um I know I've heard a lot of different things or, or several different things from people that that talk about the people that have multiple passions and they try to figure out what they should try to create a business around. Um, do you have any suggestions for someone that ha that's in that situation where they have multiple passions and they're just trying to figure out which one would work best as a business? I almost wonder at that point if you can try to to make them work somehow together. Um, and it might it doesn't always work out that way. But like I, I I've talked to several people. There are several people we know that we that we respect that are kind of industry leaders that didn't start out where they started out today. But they did have several passions, and it did take going through that that trial and error to figure out what it is. But if there's a way that you can marry those passions, I always think that's like the the best first option. But if you can't, I think at that point, it's just a matter of testing out and seeing which one it is that you really want to do. Some might be a passion that you turn into a business. Others might be a hobby. You might be passionate about writing and podcasting and making videos and those you could mirror together. But let's say you couldn't. So maybe you did end up uh, becoming a writer and just kind of did did the videos as, as a hobby or something like that. I think testing, honestly, is the only real way to know. Okay. Yeah. So, um, another thing that that came to my mind, and uh, it's kind of on my mind because I'm I, I'm in the middle of a transition or 
or early stages of the transition, how you want to say that. Um, when it comes to working for yourself um, and the aspect of a business, there's a lot of financial things that you need to keep in mind because you talked about um, knowing what your um, what, what what financial number you're you're looking for and whatever. Um, and, and so, how, how do you factor in like taxes and and things like that into that? Because when you're working for somebody else, that's not something you have to factor in. You just bring your money home and then you take care of your family, but now you're going to have to worry about the business and family and everything in between. So what, how do you work those different things together so that someone starting off can have a plan to be able to work those things in? Yeah. A couple of things. I would definitely 100% recommend hiring a CPA um, and maybe even before you make that transition, sit down and talk about what those numbers would actually look like. Because, you know, when you work for yourself, you're paying quarterlies, you're paying all this other stuff that your employer um, would, would cover if you worked at a company. So I would sit down and then insurance, man, insurance is another thing that we that's, that's like a whole nother conversation, because if you have to pay for health insurance it's super expensive when you're paying for it on your own and it's, it's not as great as the coverage you can get at a company. So having a conversation with the CPA, I think is well worth the three, $400 that it would take or whatever, whatever it is where you live. I think it's well worth that investment to sit down and get good hard numbers as to, okay, this is what I actually need to make. Um, or you can use not or and you can use software so like a quickbooks or quicken or what there's all kinds of software that you can use where you kind of plug in numbers and it kind of spits out numbers for you it tells you it estimates taxes and and things like that so i think leaving it to the professionals at that point i think it's smart that's a mistake that i made joshua um in my first business was not leaving it to the professionals, doing what which you're talking about, just kind of trying to wing it on my own, and it ended up being a disaster. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard a lot of horror stories, which is why I'm uh, wanting to try to get that stuff in line. And so I'm, I'm just starting to create some income, and so I want to make sure that I um, appropriate it um, or uh, whatever. I think, I think too, one thing to consider is, um, are you doing it consistently? So, you know, I had spikes here and there, which were, which were good months in 2012, middle of 2012, but it wasn't consistent. It wasn't until like the last four or five months of the year where I was consistently, um, seeing a certain amount of income. And then going forward, I had a plan for, um, how I'm going to make income, if, if that makes sense. So I, I sat down and I thought about what is it that I offer, like what kind of courses and, and programs do I offer in coaching? What do I have to offer? Okay, and then when am I going to offer these? So in, in January, I'm going to run this class. In February, I'm going to do this coaching program. And in, in March, I'm going to make income from this speaking gig. But having having the the plan in place where you know exactly where your income is going to come from, I think that should be an important part of your plan as well. Because otherwise, then your income is going to be kind of all over the place. It's going to be sporadic. Um, and that's that can be scary. Okay. That's nice. So yeah, so that gives a, a lot for 
uh, the listener to be able to think about. And I know um, that there's one listener that could probably benefit from this um, in addition to myself. Because <laughs> um, I, I know my father-in-law um, actually listens to this podcast, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, and he is um, in the middle of trying to uh, create something. I'm not sure yet if he's trying to do it on the side or if he's trying to replace his current job or not, but uh, to become a fire firearm ext- instructor. And so um, he's going to some different training and different things like that right now to be able to get the certification he needs and, and things like that. So um, he is working on uh, a transition of some sort. So I know that he will definitely appreciate the uh, the tips that you've given is there any uh before we talk about your book um that you wrote with jared easley um is there anything else you'd like to talk about regarding plan um transitioning or making a plan to transition or anything related to that yeah um last thing is just well um we we talked about figuring it out and it's not easy it's not clear-cut um, but once you do, we talked about then creating that plan. Um, step three to that is you got to take action. Um, duh, <laughs> but you, you, you really do. And you have to do it consistently and you have to, to battle your self-limiting beliefs and you have to battle the fear of failure and obstacles that will come along the way. You really have to, to be determined and have perseverance, which is again, where passion comes into play, because if it's not something that you're passionate about, when you hit those roadblocks, guess what? You're you're done. <laughs> Chances are you're probably going to be done because passion is what drives you to keep going even though things aren't going right. But then the fourth part of that equation and something that I've been really passionate about, Joshua knows this because he's my friend on Facebook, but something <laughs> I've been talking about a lot lately is dreaming bigger. So you did it. You got the passion. You got the dream. You know what you want to do. You've taken action. But then what what else can you do? How can you do this thing in a bigger way? Don't don't ever feel like, okay, once I got to the point where this is working, things are great, I'm just going to settle on a comfortable routine. What else do you want to do? What else bigger, crazier, audacious things that you didn't think you can do? What are those things and how can you make those things a reality in your life? So it's not that you're constantly, you're not grateful for where you are or anything like that. But never settle, never get complacent if you do have those bigger dreams. If you would have told me, you know, four years ago or even let's say two years ago that, you know, I'd be going to to speak, leaving tomorrow to go to speak in, in Israel and Egypt, I would have told you that you're crazy. You know, I said there's <laughs> there's no way that I would be doing that. But it, it's happening once I said, you know, I dare to dream bigger. So once you get there, once you get to a certain point, Dream bigger. Look what other opportunities are out there. How, how can you accomplish all those crazy big goals and dreams that you have floating around somewhere in your head? Don't, don't be afraid. Beat those self-limiting beliefs. Absolutely. All right. Now, the book that you wrote with, um, with Jared Easley is Stop Chasing Influencers. Um, why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick synopsis, synopsis of what the book is. Yeah, the book, the message of the book is simple. It's don't chase anyone, um, spend that time building. And then the second half of the book is here's how you build. And it's step-by-step practical laid out um, how how you can build a a lifestyle business slash dream. And, you know, it's not to say that you're not going to have heroes because all of us have heroes. I have heroes. I'm like a Dan Miller groupie. If I saw him, I'd be, you know, 
Dan, can I get your autograph? <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. So we we all have heroes. But if you want to connect with your hero, it's it's a much different dynamic if you're trying to connect with them because you respect them and, and you think highly of them versus you want to connect with them because you think that they're the key to your success. You think that if they give you a shout out, you're going to be like the next big thing. Um, you want something from them. And I think we all can feel the difference between when somebody wants to connect with us and when somebody wants to get something from us. And when somebody wants to get something from us, it just, it almost kind of, you're kind of repelled away from that, that feeling because it just, you can feel it doesn't feel right. So instead of trying to, to, to connect with an influencer because you hope that they'll give you that shout out or whatever, don't chase build. We have all the tools. We have all the access. We have all the information we need to build on our own. And then once you build, you can connect with your hero as a peer. And and the second half of the book, it's a lot of things that uh, some of the things we mentioned here, like writing for large publications, building a successful podcast, getting on TV, book and paid speaking, book and paid consulting. Um, second half of the book is, is pure strategy. First half of the book just deals with, with those mindset struggles and issues and how you can overcome those roadblocks. And it's a, it's a pretty, I'm a little biased, but I'm pretty happy with what's in that book. Yeah, I'm uh, about a quarter of the way through the book, so I can definitely um vouch for for that part of it at least no <laughs> no I, I know the whole thing is great and so i hear, hear you and jared talking about uh these topics on the podcast um and so uh definitely very good stuff to um to be able to do especially as you're trying to build a dream as you're trying to build a business um trying to build some sort of platform uh definitely some key things to keep in mind instead of trying to um, do what everybody else is trying to do. Um, and of course, many of them are failing at it as well. So, well, I definitely appreciate, uh, the time that you've taken today. Um, is there any last words you'd like to leave us with? Uh, life is short. I, we all know it. We know it in our, in our minds, but we, we definitely don't live that life that way. So realize it is live each day full, fully present um, chase those dreams. Don't give up. Don't let failure hold you back. Um, do it. Do big things this year. Oh, and I didn't ask this. Um, when, where and when can people get the book? Uh, the book does not officially release till the end of January. Um, but you could go to stopchasinginfluencers.com and you can sign up there to be the first to be notified when, when it's coming out and all the book bonuses and everything that we're going to do with the book. Well, excellent. All right. Well, thank you again, Kamazi, for the time today and for the inspiration and um, all the great tips to be able to uh, create a plan to be able to transition into a life of freedom. Thank you for having me, and, and this is and a shout out to your father in law. <laughs> I said that 2016 is the year of freedom for me, and I'll share more in the next couple episodes, but I'm focusing on three areas in my life. Number one, financial freedom. Number two, career freedom. And number three, health freedom. So with financial freedom, my wife and I are planning and working on paying off our mortgage and being completely debt-free, and that should happen this year. Now, as far as career, 
I have experienced some great growth in my side business, and I'm going to be working on building it enough to be able to leave my full-time job so I can be able to focus on my side business, which is podcastguy.co. And then as far as my health, I've had a need to get my health under control for uh, a while. And so if you'll remember, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll remember uh, a while back that I shared some some things about having high blood pressure and I was given medicine and I was trying to do some things to control my diet. And I started getting things under control, but I allowed myself to be able to get back into bad habits. And so I am going to be having a focus on that in here. And so I know a weight is a big part of controlling a lot of my health issues. And so I know that that is going to be a big key in a lot of different areas in my life as well. And so as I get that under control, it should have a positive impact in the other areas. And so over the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be covering a little bit more about each of these three topics. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about what I'm doing, as well as sharing some practical action steps that you can take to be able to achieve freedom in these areas as well. As I mentioned earlier, and as Kamanzi mentioned, that he has co-written the book Stop Chasing Influencers with Jared Easley. So don't forget to grab your copy of that. And so uh, depending on when you get there, it may still be in pre-order, but don't let that stop you. That's a great opportunity to be able to take advantage of some bonuses as well. And so you can go to the show notes at joshuarivers.net to be able to get a copy of that. Or you can go to joshuarivers.net slash influencers and that should take you right to the page that you need to be able to get that book so it's definitely a good book i would highly recommend and with that we're going to go ahead and sign off for this week and i will talk to you next episode 